the latest United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report reads like something out of a horror book, saying the world may be in for, quote, an atlas of human suffering depicted by floods, heat waves, and drought. The 2,000-page report, written by 270 scientists, lists mounting dangers to people, plants, animals, ecosystems, and economies. It's pretty grim stuff. However, the collapse of the planet is not a fait accompli, and there's still a chance of preventing the worst impacts on the environment, but the window seems to be closing fast. Brands and organizations have a critical role to play combating climate change, converging with a growing demand from both activists and the public alike that corporations should bear more responsibility to help to protect the planet. Consumer packaged goods companies, which rely on carbon manufacturing to make their products, are in a particularly influential position to drive realistic solutions and show other business sectors how to recalibrate their business operations to execute real change. For those who already haven't done so, it's incumbent upon brands and organizations to put sustainability at the top of their agenda. Here to talk about how companies enhance their sustainability efforts and help protect the planet is Virginie Helius, Chief Sustainability Officer at Procter & Gamble, whose many popular brands include Pampers, Crest, and Tide Detergent. Welcome, Virginie. Hi, Matthew. I'd like to start with your reaction to the latest UN report. Uh, when you consider some of the findings, do you believe the planet is facing an existential threat? Well, not, not the planet. You know, planet Earth will will survive and, and adapt as it has always done in the past four and a half billion years. But, but uh, yes, our ability uh, as humans to live on it uh, is really what is at stake. I mean, that's a fact. Now, when you've said that, I think you've said virtually nothing. Uh, I mean, I like to say that it's when hope dies that action begins. Um, I am 100% focused on action. You know, courageous, collective, creative action is, is really what's needed. I mean, the, the good news uh, is that we know what we need to do. And, and I always ask myself, you know, what can we do as a company? What can I do as a leader? What can I do as an individual? Is the goal to keep the planet's average temperature from rising more than 1.5 degrees Celsius still feasible? Hmm. Yeah, the report says, you know, we are on a trajectory that is more than twice that 1.5 degrees, uh, 3.2 exactly by the, by the end of the century. And, and to maintain the temperature below 1.5 degrees, emissions will need to peak before 2025 and then be reduced by 43% by 2030 and 84% by 2050. So whether or not we'll get there as a, as a society is actually certainly a, a question. But, but one certainty is that we will only get there if we mobilize you know, all sectors of the economy. And, and with investment that need to be multiplied by a factor of three to six versus current levels, this is what the, the report estimates. So that is no incantation, you know, and, and at PNG, um, our ambition is to get to net zero by 2040. And, and we are now activating programs that will help us move in that direction from, from uh, upstream supply chain all the way uh, down, uh, downstream in the in the in-use emission. So that, that will require an unparalleled level of, of collaboration and, and I believe never seen before disruptive innovation. Okay, and when we talk about mobilizing and also being methodic against the backdrop of such dire warnings in the report, how do brand managers establish credible sustainability claims? Yeah, I mean, before we begin to talk about claims, I mean, we need to talk about the substance. So that is 
the innovation that will eventually support the claim. So at PNG, we are driven by innovating on products that offer irresistible superiority in a sustainable way. So deliver on our brand promises by using the least amount of resources. And, and you know, there, there is what is called um, the intention to action gap. So 72% of consumers are willing to buy quote unquote green products, but only 17% actually buy green products. So that's a great opportunity gap for brand managers to fill. So how do we do that effectively? So the, the key is to make sure that the gain over pain ratio is always positive. Um, and, and we need to take into account product efficacy, convenience, price, but also social factors. You know, what does the product says about my identity? And, and we know that social pressure uh, can, can be a big factor on sustainability. So, so how do you ensure that sustainable innovation and, and the related communication and claims really clearly drive a positive gain over pain equation. So example, you know, like Gillette, Gillette has replied, they have replaced all their plastic packaging by recyclable paperboard carton. And, and that gives people a, a completely delightful opening experience and also less waste. So that's one example of Tide innovating to offer superior cleaning in cold water so that people can get clean clothes and also save significant energy at the same time. So those are positive gain over pain ratios. That's what brand marketers need to focus on. How do brand managers embed sustainability so it's a built-in and not bolted on? Yeah, Matthew, that's the, absolutely the key. So maybe to give an analogy, um, it, it's a bit like how we treated digital marketing at the beginning. And I'm talking 15 to 20 years ago. You know, it was an afterthought, you know, after the TV copy was developed and, and the marketing plan was almost locked, we were asking, oh, and what do we do online? I mean, now digital is the marketing plan. And, and it's a bit the same for sustainability. You know, if you want to be relevant, if you want to be effective and credible, you really need to make it an integral part of your brand building. So, so at PNG, sustainability is integrated in our business growth model. So the, this model articulates around five vectors of superiority, which is your superior product, packaging, communication, retail execution, and consumer and customer value. And, and sustainability plays a role in each of the superiority vector, you know, and, and actually what we are seeing is that it even unlocks superiority. So it makes innovation and communication stronger as long as it's seen as a credible promise, uh, um, which is authentically integrated in your brand equity. Like I mentioned Tide Cold Water. So Cold Water is a performance torture test for cleaning. And it's also the number one greenhouse gas emission reduction driver for detergents. It's two thirds of the carbon footprint. So you drive performance through sustainability and you drive sustainability through performance. And when you communicate, you say, clean so well, you can use in cold water, and then you can save energy. So, so it's not a bolted on story, it's totally integrated. And in terms of communicating the story, what are some of the most effective ways that CMOs can bring their brand story to life when it comes to sustainability, but also against the backdrop of consumers having a very sharp antenna for uh, claims that um, are not true? Yeah, absolutely. So, so related to my previous point, uh, what I'm advising the, the marketers is to act before you tell. And act being bringing things into action, but also act 
is um, uh, an acronym for A for authenticity. So being authentic from your brand's voice point of view, not feeling like it's borrowed interest. So that's the A. The C for credibility, we talked about it. You know, is this a meaningful improvement? Is it backed up by science? Like we use the, the tool that is called the life cycle assessment, which, which looks at all your impacts, you know, from raw material to disposal. Um, is your improvement a one-off or is it part of a holistic commitment? So that's credibility. And then T is for transparency. You know, acknowledging that you don't have all the answers, that you are not perfect, uh, but you don't let perfection, you know, get in the way of action. This is a journey. Um, so say it that way. But also, as you say, you know, uh, sustainability, there is this intention to uh, action gap. And so it involves some habit change, you know, and, and that's one of the most difficult things to do for marketers. And, and um, at PNG, we've developed a framework for that. It's called the, the serve framework. So the S is social proof. The E means easy steps, R is a reward, V is visibility, and E is emotion. So let me just illustrate that with one example. Sure. Uh, you, may, you may have seen it. It's from Cascade in the US, dishwasher product. Uh, mm -hmm. They've launched a campaign which is called Do It Every Night. And it basically encourages people to run their dishwasher every night because it saves energy and water versus doing your dishes by hand. It's a bit counterintuitive, but that's the fact because a running faucet uses four gallons of water every two minutes and four gallons is what uh, a full load in a dishwasher is using. As long as you don't pre-rinse you know, your, your dishes and, and cascade uh, is designed to uh, uh, allow no pre-rinse. And so using the framework, S as social proof, you know, in the Cascade film, you will see Sarah Michelle Geller and, and Freddie Prince, you know, mm -hmm. very famous glamorous couple. And so they, they lend social proof to the campaign. I mean, it doesn't need to be celebrities, but as long as we can show that many others in a similar context have engaged in the same behavior, it really helps. Then you have the E like easy steps. And here on Cascade, the invitation is to use the dishwasher instead of washing by hand it's not only easy, it's actually easier. You know, it's much easier than the alternative of doing the dishes by hand. R is reward. Uh, dishwashers use less time, get less water, less energy than hand washing. And you can even save over $100, uh, you know, by using uh, your dishwasher and saving water and money. And then V for visibility. And then this is where the brand develop a very compelling side-by-side which shows a running sink using four gallons of water every two minutes. And on the other side, it's the full load of dishwasher. And finally, E like emotion, you know, using humor, we know uh, it's great to communicate an educational message. It works well, it works very well. So that's for behavior change, um, very important on sustainability. And we know that behavior change takes time, but just in this example of Cascade, after 18 months of running the campaign, the business saw an increase of 25% of loads per week, and that's equivalent to 25 billion gallons of water saved in consumer homes uh, across the US, so that's significant. Okay, and when you consider um, the complexity of the issues here, does creating these various acronyms help to communicate the efforts internally, which in turn makes things uh, easier to communicate externally 
So great question. So what um, uh, helps you know change uh, behavior internally with our one marketers is stories. So we share the stories that are successful stories, like the Cascade one, like the Thai cold water one. And then to help scale the learning, we codify them. So we first start with the stories and making sure that we have a success story. Then we codify the learning and then we, we scale it uh, internally so that it makes it much easier for people to know what was working and what they need to duplicate so that they duplicate the success as well. P&G has more than 60 brands and 10 product categories. So how does P&G ensure that the message is consistent between corporate and the various brands globally? Yeah, that's a great question, Matthew. Um, and uh, we haven't finished answering it. We are still you know, experimenting. But one thing that is uh, always true is that our corporate messaging is there to amplify our brand messaging. It's always brands first, because it is through our brands that we can innovate to deliver irresistible superiority that is sustainable. Now, last year, so it's very recent, we launched our first corporate sustainability platform. It's called It's Our Home. And uh, in the film, you see um, the eight-year-old Louisa helping a family make kind of simple tweaks to, to their daily routines at home to protect our planet. And we show how our brands enable these more sustainable behaviors. And, and so this works as an amplifier, kind of an, an integrator of our different brand efforts. You know, this is not something separate. So um, because our brands are used in people's home and, and homes are kind of the top three sectors, you know, for global emission. Um, so if we combine all these small behavior change in the home, and we multiply by the number of people using uh, PNG products every day, which is 5 billion, you know, this adds up to a significant impact. Like, you know, turn to call when you wash your clothes, which is one of the behaviors that we show in the film, in the, in the It's Our Home campaign. But it also builds on the tight code innovation and communication campaign that they've been running separately. You may have seen it, it's called Cold Callers. And um, so, so that's really how uh, our It's Our Home corporate program amplifies our brand individual uh, programs. And, and we're only uh, year two there, so much more to come. Should organizations get their own house right when it comes to sustainability before asking consumers to change their behavior? And if so, to what degree? And, and in terms of that's, that, I'm guessing that would be a very fine line. Yes, and, and first I would say that we are not asking consumers to change their behavior because that never works, you know. The most we can do is, is nudging. It, it may sound like a bit like rhetoric, but it's, it's very important, you know. We innovate so that we make sustainable behaviors irresistible. And, and that's a much higher bar, by the way, you know, delivering irresistible superiority that is sustainable so that you can use less energy, less water, less material, uh, and it becomes the most desirable uh, option. So. And, and again, just to, to take the, the cold water example again, because it's, it's very meaningful. For instance, people want to wash in cold because they know it's better for, for the longevity of their clothes, the color fidelity, the shape integrity, but they don't do it because they believe it may compromise the deep cleaning. So, so this is why Tide and IL are formulated to get the best cleaning cold, so there's no compromise. So, that's you know about the nudging, about the delivering first the innovation that makes uh, sustainability irresistible, 
And then on cleaning our house first, of course. We, we oh. need to do the work first. We first need to make sure that in our plants, you know, in our operations, that we have no emissions before encouraging people to lower there. So absolutely. And, and so the bar is now net zero. I mean, that is what PNG committed. Uh, achieve net zero carbon emission from what we call cradle to gate, you know, that is in our supply chain, in our operation. Um, I, I would say though, the second principle is then to work on where we can make the biggest difference, where we can drive the biggest impact. And, and that's not always in our own house, you know. Because okay. for PNG, 85% of our carbon footprint happens when people use our product with heated water, you know, when they shave, when they wash their hair or their clothes or their dishes. So, so that's why the innovation point is so important. So first we do uh, what we control, um, our supply chain, our plants, but we don't lose sight of, on where our biggest impact is. Uh, and is this with consumers using our product and then we, we innovate so that embracing sustainable behavior is easy and rewarding for them. Okay, and as these efforts proliferate throughout industry, how do CMOs and brand managers avoid greenwashing when it comes to fighting climate change and equally yeah. important messaging without virtue signaling? We need to start with substance and science. That's a safe place to start always, you know? Um, we need to use holistic life cycle analysis so that, you know, if we make an improvement on one dimension, say, reduce plastic, we don't go the other way around on needing more energy to use the product, you know? So using this life cycle analysis approach, um, and so we make sure that we do one step forward, we don't do on one part of our portfolio, but then we don't do two step backwards on the rest of the portfolio. So it, it really needs to be holistic. We now take a break for a brief message regarding the ANA Growth Agenda. The ANA Growth Agenda plays an important role in boosting the value of the marketing and advertising industries. The 12-point plan supports a wide range of issues that are critical to the development of CMOs and marketers, ranging from diversity, equity, and inclusion, to sustainability, to brand safety. For more information, please visit ana.net slash growth agenda. And now back to our show. I'm speaking with Virginie Helius, Chief Sustainability Officer at Procter & Gamble. Virginie, PG has taken a lead role in climate solutions, including Ambition 2030 which launched in 2018. Can you talk about the key elements of the program? Yes, yeah, sure. So the, the core commitment behind Ambition 2030 was to enable and inspire positive impacts across our supply chain, our brands, our employees, and partnership for, for industry-wide impact. And since we launched Ambition 2030 in April 2018, we've actually raised the bar on many of our goals, especially on waste and climate. So let me give you a few um, elements of the program. So on packaging, for instance, we, we have committed to decrease by 50% our use of virgin petroleum plastic and to make our packaging 100% recyclable or reusable by 2030. We are making great progress toward those goals and, and even several of our categories will achieve the goals ahead of 2030. Um, on climate, as I said, we committed last September to net zero in our supply chain and in our operation. Um, and we also issued a very detailed climate transition action plan, which is kind of a roadmap uh, to get to net zero. And it has clear interim targets. So like for instance, in our supply chain, 
we committed to reduce our emission by 40 percent by 2030. And, and today we are well underway to reduce our, our greenhouse uh, gas emission in our operation. Um, our goal was 50 percent. We'll probably go way beyond that. Um, we already purchased 98 percent of renewable electricity to power our plants globally, for instance. And, and maybe last point on biodiversity. Uh, we have a commitment which is keeping forest as forest. So that means that our sourcing uh, basically prohibits deforestation and, and protects biodiversity, also protects the right of indigenous people. And so we use 100% certified pulp in, in our bounty and charming business. Uh, and, and for every tree we use, at least one is regrown. So, um, so th those are kind of aspects of the program. But a, a very important point I want to add here is that we recognize the importance of partnership to reach our goals. No way that we can do it uh, just on uh, ourselves. So it, that means a broad collaboration across the value chain. And for instance, um, the Alliance to End Plastic Waste, which is an organization of over 60 companies, which is across the entire plastic value chain, uh, and, and PNG has been chairing it since uh, its creation, which was two or three years ago. And now this organization has already mobilized $1.2 billion you know, to, to accelerate the development of waste management uh, infrastructure and recycling technologies at scale. Um, another coalition is the 50-liter home coalition, which is also a cross-value chain collaboration now with across the water uh, value chain. PNG is, is a founding member. And it's about innovating inside and outside the home so that people can comfortably use 50 liters of water per person per day instead of today 150 to 250 liters uh, through you know, uh, innovation on infrastructure, on appliance, on product. So giving people a better experience, 50 liters that kind of feels like 500 liters, uh, but at zero carbon. Uh, the company also has Mapping Your Impact which launched a few months ago and is designed to create sustainable products across forestry, plastic packaging, water, and climate. Can you talk about the various initiatives there and how they build on uh, Ambition 2030? Yeah, sure. So, so mapping your impact is, is kind of an interactive map and it details our activities um, on, on how we are advancing our efforts across forestry, a plastic packaging, water, and climate. And it's very visual. So you can click on, on the part of the world and, and see the details um, of, of the project. Um, and maybe let's start with water because water is under existential threat, I mean, to use your term. And, and for PNG, water is a key resource because 100% of our products need water to be produced and 70% and of them need water to be used, you know, in your kitchen or in your bathroom, in your laundry room. Um, so we, we are addressing water scarcity and access to water on many different fronts, like reducing water uh, used in our plants and in our products, helping people become more water efficient at home, but also providing clean drinking water to those in need, and finally protecting water in what we have identified as 18 priority basins across seven countries in the world. And so. For instance, on the map, you can see some of the projects we are supporting in the US. We have, I think, 10 in California. We have two in Arizona. And those are projects to restore water for, for people and nature. For instance, let me just quote two of them. I mean, the first one is the Colorado River Indian Tribes System Conservation. So very interesting project that help 
show up the, the declining water levels in Lake Mead. And, and thanks to our efforts, you know, 150,000 acres of water will remain in the lake. And it will also compensate the Colorado River Indian tribes for the conservation of their water rights and also support all their efforts you know, to, to modernize uh, irrigation systems. And, and the second one would be the, the Crystal Basin forest restoration. So it's restoring 200 acres of forest land, which reduce the risk of wildfires, but also improve water quality and habitat. So you, you can see and, and navigate the map and see all the other projects that, that we have there. In terms of the role marketing plays in these various efforts from both an, an holistic as well as tangible standpoint. Yeah, that's a good question. So maybe let me continue the example of Cascade. You know, I talked about their water saving campaign, you know, and their uh, run it every night film. Um, but not only did they innovate and communicate to, to inspire people to save water by using their dishwasher, but they also brought kind of depth to their campaign by committing long-term to restore water to the environment. And so to do this, uh, they partner with an organization called uh, the Change the Course Initiative. And to date, they have funded projects that will return nearly 200 million gallons of water to their environment because their intent is to restore as much water in water stressed areas as people use running their dishwasher. You know? So it's a, it's a very significant role. It's completely integrated and it builds on their commercial campaign, but it also contributes significantly to our corporate efforts. Maybe another example, that, that one on, on waste. Um, you know, there is a, some packaging that is difficult to recycle, that is not covered yet by curbside collection. Take, for instance, uh, in oral care, the, the waste that is a toothbrush, brush head, toothpaste, you know, tubes. And so Crest and, and uh, Oral-B in the U.S. have launched their um, Recycle on Us program. So, so consumers are encouraged to collect their, all their dental care waste um, and to ship them free of charge to a processing facility for recycling. And so that kind of gives recycled plastic a new life, like uh, think of... Uh, school benches uh, or kind of the plastic structure of playground, you know? Uh, and, and for the past 10 months, I think they've already received more than 16,000 collections. Okay, and when we talk about campaigns and media channels, Virginie, um, what are the best marketing channels to use to uh, get the message out to the broadest possible audience, to the broadest possible number of influencers and stakeholders? Um, is this a case where the 30 and 60 second TV spot, which has been on the wane amid the digital revolution, might be very much in vogue in terms of getting the message out? Well, you know, because sustainability is an integral part in our brand building, there is really no difference on, on where we communicate to be most effective. We communicate where the people are. And, and uh, but I would say something on sustainability, though, is that packaging is a particularly interesting communication vehicle because packaging waste, especially I mean, plastic waste, really, uh, is so high on consumer concerns. N not the number one driver of, of uh, carbon footprint, but clearly universally seen 
as the number one enemy, you know, uh, because it, it can't be uh, recycled uh, and eliminated completely. So, um, so making sure you give the right information to people to dispose of their packaging the right way, you know, is very important. Like this is where labels and certification come into play. Like we use in the US the how to recycle label on, on 80% of our brands. So it's kind of a standardized label that, that really give the right information how to dispose of your packaging. And, and it's, it's really driving more systemic uh, recycling. And, and talking about packaging and taking that maybe to an extreme, but we launched uh, five years ago, Head and Shoulders Beach Bottle. So it was a bottle made with recycled plastic collected from beaches, which means that it turned the, the white equity color of the Head and Shoulders bottle into gray, because that was the result of mixing different recycling, uh, recycled plastic uh, colors. And, and this was a very strong statement. You know, it was basically saying, uh, you can be part of the solution, join us in recycling your shampoo bottle. So, so packaging is a very interesting vehicle uh, that uh, people look at probably the first thing because they want to find out if the thing is recycling. And regarding sustainability, let's talk about metrics of measurement. Uh, how do CMOs establish clear and credible KPIs to measure effectiveness and support? So we absolutely, need KPIs here to, to drive our effort. So you need specific sustainability KPIs, basically that correspond to your overall corporate goal. So at PNG, most of our corporate goals trickle down to brand KPI, you know, from greenhouse gas emission reduction to packaging metrics to sustainable sourcing, um, because we only have a few programs that are entirely led by corporate. And, and even when they are, we make sure that brands can participate like the Cascade uh, Water Restoration example I gave. So um, we also committed, and that's kind of a, a, a mega a KPI, we committed externally that 100% of our leadership brands will enable and inspire responsible consumption. And, and we've developed an internal framework to measure and track progress. It's called Brand 2030, you know, part of Foundation 2030. And so through, through this framework, uh, brands need to meet eight deliverables that correspond to our corporate goals. And, and to date, we have 65% of our brands that have reached the first of the three milestones. Um, and, and so they are not CMOs KPI per se. I mean, they are kind of hardcore business KPI. And by the way, they are linked to the company leadership compensation. So that's also an additional incentive. So, so, so the key is what we talked at the beginning. So making sustainability part of your business model and so for us, it's about delivering irresistible superiority that is sustainable. So to support the business case, you need to deliver on uh, your financial KPIs and on your sustainability KPIs at the same time. You know? and, and all the examples I quoted above do absolutely that. Okay, and to wrap up here, Virginie, how do brands help to sway consumer behavior and drive mainstream consumer adoption of sustainable products and services so with those efforts, it sort of becomes, uh, again, something something more communal. So that will be the one-line recap of all I talked about, you know, innovating to make sustainability irresistible or delivering irresistible superiority that is sustainable. And, and yes, we need consumers. So we need consumers to turn the dial to cold, you know, we need to enroll them in the solution. But the work needs to start with the brands, innovating and communicating in a way that make people want to turn to code. So no one can be of the hook here. 
innovators, marketers, and end users, you know, they are all part of the solution to protect uh, our common home. Okay, and we'll have to leave it there. To learn more about Procter & Gamble's sustainability efforts, please go to us.pg.com slash environmental sustainability. Big thanks to my guest today, Virginie Helios, Chief Sustainability Officer at Procter & Gamble. For the ANA Champions of Growth podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Until next time, thanks for listening.